Hello, everybody. Welcome back to uh, Six Feet Under. Nope, nope, that's the wrong one. I do too many shows. My brain is broken. This one, <laughs> this one is called uh, uh, Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die. Uh, my name is Grant. You can call him Chip. And as we have reached the end of yet another part, it is time to welcome a very special guest. Please introduce yourself as you would like to be introduced. Hello, I'm Voidberger. I'm Chip Cheesem's domestic partner. Yay! I love I love Jojo. Uh, my actual husband is Joseph Joestar, though. Sorry, Chip. <laughs> it's okay. I understand. <laughs> he has so many great qualities, like being anime Bugs Bunny. I do like that. That makes me your father-in-law. That's interesting. Aww. Whoa. W- words that I have put in your mouth, Chip Cheesem, because I described him as anime Bugs Bunny before you did. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, it's true. I accredited you when I brought it up in the podcast before. I credited you as being <laughs> oh, the person. Okay. It's true. It's cool. on record. You can cool. go yeah. listen to it. I wouldn't eventually. know. None of the, none of these episodes are out yet. You're keeping them secret and safe. So like, like I alluded to at the beginning, uh, uh, battle tendency is all behind us. We, we have ceased our tendency toward battle. Have we? <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a crusade coming around the corner. I see it in the stars. Mm-hmm. But it, it is time to talk about this as a whole. And so uh, we started our, our previous... Uh, episode like that, like this, w- with me trying to present a, an argument for why this series grabs people, and I have a new uh, hypothesis. Okay, mm. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is, is so popular and infectious because people are driven to talk about it just to confirm they are not hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one of the reasons. Yeah, uh, that's solid. <laughs> I have gotten at least one other person into JoJo by presenting uh, a similar line of thought to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to want to talk to me about this. <laughs> I have watched it. I have come to terms with JoJo. Now I need someone else to watch it and come back to me and go like, dude, what in the fuck? And then I can go, right? And that's, that's the fun of JoJo for me. The, the way that like being a JoJo fan works is that you are like driven to infect others with this. It's kind of like... Mm-hmm. how a multi-level marketing scheme sort of works where you get other people involved and then like you get the gains because you, you're like just so thrilled that other people are getting into this thing. It's just mm-hmm. so weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hear if we get enough people checking out uh, uh, the show or, or the manga from this, uh, Araki will give me a high five. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. And if it's a lot, he'll give me a toaster oven. <laughs> a JoJo branded toaster yeah. oven. <laughs> you're, you're above <laughs> us in the pyramid, actually. <laughs> and at the bottom of the pyramid yeah, is a pillar man. <laughs> Whoa. Ooh, wait, you watched JoJo first, though, right, Chip? Uh, yeah. I actually, we were just at a Barnes and Noble, and I saw they had like the JoJonium edition oh of the manga, the nice hardcover ones. So I picked up just the first volume. That sounds radioactive. <laughs> It does. <laughs> I picked that up and I, I was actually reading it and I brought it up briefly around the time we were doing the first Gexter Life. I remember bringing it up briefly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like while we were going to get fried chicken, I think. <laughs> uh, when we were all delirious. So yeah, we were yes. the perfect victims to spring JoJo on. Suggestible. <laughs> the first volume just ended with the cliffhanger of, of Dio becoming a vampire. And I was just like, damn, Dio's becoming a vampire. Can't wait to see what happens next. <laughs> um <laughs> It seems uh, quaint now, looking back it, on it. It really And it's going to get more and more quaint as the series goes on. Like, eventually, yeah. you're going to be in a situation where you're like, remember how this started with, like, some buff guy turning into a vampire? And I thought that was crazy. I will never forget Danny. I'm getting a tattoo of Danny. I'll never forget how this started. <laughs> yeah, I started reading it. And then, like, after watching, reading the first volume, it's just like, 
wow, all this is on Crunchyroll. I just got to watch the rest of this. And, <laughs> yeah. I think you, Void, was just, you were just kind of seeing it over my shoulder. Yeah. While you were working on stuff like, or, or something, and mm-hmm. you thought it was just Victorian fancy lad yeah. quarrels. <laughs> Victorian fancy lad quarrels doesn't have the same ring as JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. But yes, <laughs> that's that's what I thought it was. And then eventually vampires happen. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? What's going on here? And I wasn't super invested in battle tendency, but I still watched enough of it to be like, this is pretty cray, but I'm just not super interested in um, the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't care a lot about Jonathan because he was just so so standard, you know, just the standard shonen anime, tough boy, very noble soul kind of guy. And I was just like, eh, that's not interesting. Did I call part one battle tendency? I think a a little bit, yeah. Uh, oops, yeah. Uh, I'm really bad at remembering what they're all called. <laughs> <laughs> but part one I was a little uh, bored by for some reason, for those reasons. And then part two happened, and because Joseph is so immediately wily and interesting, I was like, I'm on board, 100%. I want to see what this little rascal gets up to. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. My my level of investment went through the roof as soon as Joseph appeared on screen. So yeah. that's why this is when I first got like really interested in JoJo as part two. Jonathan would never touch a gun. It is the weapon of the coward. <laughs> <laughs> you were actually like sitting down and watching JoJo with me when it was episode nine. And like it was in the middle of episode when you saw that Jonathan was dying. And I think that grabbed you a bit because I was yes, just like, this actually. Is, oh, yeah, was like, fuck this that guy. This is great. <laughs> I was, I, I, you were just like he's dying and I was like yeah this is episode 9 of the first season and I think that grabbed you that did grab me I like when um, protagonists uh, and this is in general this isn't like just for like anime stuff like this is video games I like when protagonists are um, fallible or mm-hmm. not immortal you know like they don't have plot armor so like this mm-hmm. noble guy i was like this guy's gonna live for the whole series <laughs> they're not gonna kill this nice guy and then they do i was like <laughs> what like th- that's different like i am in- interested in that yeah absolutely and then they literally introduce the new wily jojo who uh shoots cops fingers off with bottle caps <laughs> how can you not love a guy that does something like that in episode one as his debut come on mm-hmm. i'm on board <laughs> In addition to to his more like internal processing, like Joseph obviously has a lot more going on upstairs than Jonathan, whose plans were all, I have more meat than you. (laughs) I'm willing to lose a certain amount of meat if it means you die. The only thing I can remember that Jonathan did that was Joseph-esque, wily, and a strange decision that worked out was when he swam down to get air. Yes. That was like, and I think that was the most memorable moment for me because I don't really remember a ton of other things Jonathan did. He headbutts into was, karate shops. He does that yeah, real good. Yeah, you know, and, and that's not as shocking as like, this motherfucker's swimming down. That's crazy. <laughs> now that's bizarre. You can't swim down to do air. Meanwhile, and then later on you get Joseph who everything he does is that sort of totally stupid bullshit. And it always works because he's like a, a strategic genius for some reason. <laughs> He's a prankster god, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got your Loki, you've got your Bugs Bunny, you've got your Joseph <laughs> Joestar. This is the, the pattern, basically. The fights lean into this stuff a little bit further into part two, but I like that basically a lot of his big battle strategies and, and plans that come together are all kind of like magi- like magician-based. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. It's a lot of sleight of hand. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. <laughs> The sleight of hand stuff is the stuff that actually owns the villains more often than actually punching them. <laughs> <laughs> That's because the p- 
pillar men are total like rubes. <laughs> they're, just, <laughs> they're idiots a little bit. When it comes to like sleight of hand stuff, like you could trick them with the ball and cup trick probably and they'd be like, oh, wizardry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're so old that they, they predate sleight of hand tricks apparently. <laughs> they just can't see through that stuff. <laughs> they they were around to uh, literally witness their friend Sun Tzu write the art of war, but they were asleep <laughs> During the invention of, like, three-card Monty, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so something I really appreciate about uh, uh, Joseph's planning is that he doesn't always have one. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, uh, everything against straight so was clearly planned in advance. He, everything went perfectly according to expectation. But he, then there are a lot of fights. He did not stumble upon a Tommy gun. He yeah. brought that with him. Yeah. He knew he would need it. <laughs> but there are plenty of cases where he only comes up with uh, uh, what eventually saves him halfway through. And then his final victory, he never knew what was happening. He just pretended no. like he did. <laughs> Which is so cool, like him him pretending he knows what he's doing to get under the bad guy's skin is <laughs> such a master troll move that I can't help but respect it. <laughs> like he's a master of improvisational skills, including his gimmick where he's like, the next line you say will be this, which mm-hmm. always for some reason completely emotionally and psychologically disarms his enemy <laughs> for him to guess that. <laughs> It's never explained how he does that. He just does it. It's so funny. He read the script. That That is literally a Bugs Money move. He read the script. Know, right? <laughs> God, I wish there is just a single scene where one of the pillar men is like doing their bad guy monologue and it cuts to Joseph just like looking at the screen and hold and he just holds up a <laughs> sign, which is like, get a load of this guy or whatever. <laughs> I want him to hold up a sign that says, ain't I a stinker? <laughs> It's not it's not entirely unfounded the idea that he has read the script. He has read an Iraqi manga in his childhood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? So where is this at? Wait a minute. So, okay, this is different because Void because you read the manga, this is different. In the anime, when there's that flashback of young Joseph in the plane that's being hijacked, he, in the manga he's reading an issue of Superman. It's Superman the manga, yeah. In the anime they change it to Bao, which is the manga that Iraqi worked on before JoJo. That's even better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> it, it's like when the Fantastic Four meet God and it's just Jack Kirby. That That's what it is. <laughs> uh, but something other than uh, uh, just his uh, path to victory, I guess, that says Joseph apart from his grandfather is his ethical stance. Whereas oh, his ethics are weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Jonathan, of course, was very, uh, you know, honor based and, and the gentlemanly code of conduct. Poster uh, boy for chivalry. Yeah, yeah. While Joseph is, there is no act that is against the rules for Joseph. He, he would never uh, uh, apply himself to a code, but he v- cares very, very much about the ends instead. Yeah. Mm. And that starts very clearly with him, like, uh, facing down corrupt cops and uh, maiming them <laughs> <laughs> violently <laughs> punching a dude's finger through his nose yeah yeah oh, God. <laughs> but but then that uh i mean it's something that we've talked about on the show all the time when it comes up seems to dissolve he just uh his ethical core uh, that seems to be a, a very major part of his introduction eventually just becomes kill pillar men because they're extra bad yeah Anybody who's cool enough, no matter what they espouse, what they're part of, is still cool by me if they are personally a cool guy. Yeah, Joseph is pretty much immediately 
like out of the gate shown to be ha has like that chivalrous sort of uh, heroic streak of his grandfather in defending uh, Smokey from these cops and fucking mm -hmm, them mm -hmm. up. Um, but then like in the manga, at least I think they took this out of the anime, you know, after his like heroic introduction, like you can call me Jojo, my granny and I just moved here from London. Nice to meet you. And the next panel is like, whoa, American girls are cute. I'd like to flip those skirts. <laughs> <laughs> and Smokey's like, I thought the English were supposed to be polite. What the hell? So, like, he's always got this like push and pull between like being heroic and then mm -hmm, being mm -hmm. like kind of a rascal misogynist to like most of the women he meets. It's like, I'm not your grandpa's Jojo, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, a really early thing when he's just dealing with Straitso even is he comes super prepared. He wants to kill this vampire guy right away. And he dumps thousands of bullets into a fully populated <laughs> restaurant. Yes. He doesn't kill anybody. But then I think it's in the manga too. But in the anime, there's like two girls still in the restaurant just like screaming and crying because they're so scared because this restaurant has been annihilated by gunfire. And then he says, hey, get out of here or else I'm going to make out with you. Like he doesn't, yeah. just, he does, doesn't just like, you know, shield them and then quickly run them out. He's just like... <laughs> He's like weird about it. <laughs> he's so weird about it. Like part of me is like, I shouldn't like this guy, but he's too charismatic. So I'm just like, oh, fine. <laughs> Be weird. <laughs> Even aside from like Joseph, it's like what we said in the just the previous episode when we went over the, the final two episodes of part two. It's like, man, Joseph likes Stroheim the Nazi. <laughs> by the end he's just cool with them mm -hmm. but even by that fi those final two episodes like he kind of grows on you a little bit yeah, yeah, because they, he they... is he is so into the the uv ray he's just delighted to melt zombies and stuff and it's like infectious <laughs> infectious nazi joy yes. like yeah. after seeing all of part two now i do think that on the whole it has a generally strong treatment of nazis as a group yeah, <laughs> but that is totally forgotten when you deal with the individual of Stroheim, mm -hmm. which yeah, is a problem yeah. when, I don't know, 90% of what we see about the Nazis is the individual Stroheim. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All the nameless Nazis uh, get fucked up every time they're on screen, basically. <laughs> it's because they're not half robot. <laughs> Stroheim gets pretty fucked up every time he attempts to fight anybody. <laughs> He's always just a torso, completely just missing his legs by the end of every fight. But Or less. Or less, even. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised he didn't just turn to a head with a rad haircut at the end in a jar. Wouldn't be the first time. Uh. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, Stroheim is also two characters, really. Like, there, there's pre- and post-Santana. They are very different yes. men. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. that is absolutely true. Where, where was this gleeful enthusiasm back in Mexico? <laughs> Something about Santana broke this man yeah. <laughs> and turned him into a cartoon. And, and, and on the other hand, where, where is the antiseptic sadist post-Mexico? <laughs> Maybe his brain got exploded in chunks and they glued that back together and it just wasn't quite the same Stroheim afterwards. Just different parts of his brains arranged slightly differently and that made him uh, a nicer guy who wasn't excited to do blood experiments on people. We built him Man. wrong as a joke, but it worked out. <laughs> part, part of the, the joy of Iraqi stuff is uh, there's almost like a dreamlike state to it where motivations are constantly in flux mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. physics changes based on the whims of the, the plot stuff like that people forget their powers and get new ones all the time and one of those things is characterization sometimes just 
flip wildly between different things based on what would be like funny funny at the time for the most part and mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. think stroheim just like once iraqi got a taste of wacky nazi stroheim he just didn't want to go back he loved wacky nazi stroheim yeah. and not like serious you know he was fucking scary the first time you meet stroheim yeah and it's just like nah we got enough scary guys in this let's have a fucking wacky <laughs> wacky comic relief nazi almost that's just so thrilled to 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 be here and shooting zombies with guns from his stomach. There's later parts where sometimes villains kind of become frenemies or even just allies mm-hmm. later uh, on in the story. yes. <laughs> and sometimes I think it's just because he really enjoys drawing that character a lot and he's mm. just like, no, they're good now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when that happens in later parts, it feels more natural than Stroheim usually because they they generally more go the route of ah you beat me up really hard I'm your friend now. Mm-hmm. And like Rather you, than you just can flipping see, a switch. yeah, if it feels like Araki got a little more used to his habit of doing that. Like I, th- I think he almost didn't realize he was doing it in part one and two, mostly part two. But like by the time you get to three and four and five, he seems like he leans into that a little more. I don't know, like organically, or it's he doesn't plan anything. Obviously, it's just like he's making things up as he goes along for the most part. But it makes a little more sense why these enemies would decide to be nice yeah. a little bit later after they get beat up. Whereas mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. this one, it's just like, why are you nice to each other? Fucking Wamu was awful to you. Like, why are you? <laughs> why are you both like admiring each other? It's like these people suck, dude. <laughs> yeah, there's also that thing of of Joseph twice, I think, to the the two lower pillar men, going like, "You were a great warrior. I'll honor your warrior spirit at least." Uh, mm-hmm, and it's like, mm-hmm. don't fucking do that. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Whenever he does that, that's probably the most, along with the stuff with Stroheim, is like the most out of character things for him because it feels like that's a Jonathan move. Yes, yeah, to yes. honor the warrior spirit of a bad, a bad person. Especially because like the way he, the way he treats women with such disrespect <laughs> is like in stark contrast to like, okay, these guys have like declared war on humanity itself, and you're gonna be like, after all, you are pretty cool, you are an okay guy. It's like, what the fuck, dude. <laughs> don't befriend these wicked creatures jo- joseph and women of course he, he had to marry the only one who could uh pull his pigtails back and uh, <laughs> figure out that's what he was into <laughs> yeah basically i think like uh joseph and Erina are pretty cute <laughs> Oh, not Arena. That's Granny Arena. I I think Joseph and Susie Q are although pretty Joseph cute. and his grandma are really cute. Oh, damn it! I was just gonna edit it out. Just very different, <laughs> different. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, they're cute in a different way. Um, but it's because fucking Arena and Susie Q look almost exactly the same, but one is older. Um, yeah. But hey, he's got a type. I don't know. Um, Su- Su- I like Susie Q's like. She she kind of takes it and dishes it a little bit, like because Joseph is like he kind of negs her when he first meets her and stuff like that. But then she kind of just negs him back a bit, and it's just like, oh, they have formed a little rapport. This will make sense later when they're suddenly married. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. We brought it up in the previous episode, previous episode of this podcast, but uh, I think uh, Grant said that they seem like a couple that will get divorced in six months. <laughs> yeah, they will have a really great first four months and then the last two are really bad <laughs> mm, i could see that yeah 
compared to part one, and like I think we said this when we first we watched the first three episodes of part two, but I think as a whole, part two comes off as like way stronger and more confident than yeah from one the does. jump. You know, from like mm. the very yeah. first episode, there there's confidence. Really, is the word I think. Yeah, there's nothing in part two that has the same kind of lull in it that part one does with the Bluefern yeah. and Tarukas fights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which the only highlight was swimming down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? swimming down. And and how many breads have you eaten in your life before it started? Oh yeah, that's it. The two highlights. Yeah, there, there's nothing that really like kind of kills the pace a bit in part two. I think all of part one and two just kind of goes like real fast. It doesn't like waste any time for the most part. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there there's basically not a single episode I think that doesn't have something pretty good <laughs> pretty good uh, and and something that's always like upping the stakes a little bit like you think yeah. things are bad when you realize like what's going on with the nazis and San, uh and santana uh or san viento whatever you want to call him guy but oh wait there's other guys and they're actually worse that was like the baby of the gang yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they all hated him they thought he was a stupid yeah. chump that was the that was the scrub of the, the gang, and that scared you. Well, look at these fucking guys, and there's three of them. Whoa! And they put these like rings on JoJo's heart and carotid artery, so it's like the stakes are just constantly, constantly ramping up to these. There's a constant upward momentum of like stress and excitement mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm. one, where I feel like part one kind of did, did definitely did have those like kind of big lulls where it's just like, eh. When is it going to, like, get fucking intense again? I feel like the intensity is always there in this uh, this arc. Part one loses a lot of its tension and excitement once uh, Jonathan becomes super-powered because his ho- <laughs> uh, uh, Zeppeli just gives him all of his leftover mm-hmm. hormone and makes him a Super Saiyan, basically. And it's a lot <laughs> less interesting. He's suddenly just extremely good and can just punch through everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not knowing what is ahead. I am worried about the the escalation problem because we we have gone to the point where we are now launching immortal, unkillable enemies into space (laughs) to experience ego death. You love it. (laughs) That is great, but it's because uh, things have been getting bigger and more dangerous and and, uh, uh, harder to deal with very steadily on on an exciting escalation curve. But how do you continue that through parts Mm -hmm. three, four, five? Like, th- this is the, the Fast and the Furious problem where you start by just <laughs> boosting DVD players, and yeah. now we're, we're in a decades-long shadow war that uh, uh, <laughs> really is the, the Metal Gear Solid film that, that Hollywood <laughs> is going to give us. Yeah. Well, I think, I think Iraqi kind of, like, not to... I'm not going to spoil, like, what kind of happens with the other arcs, but I think, like, the way I think of it is it kind of... Araki's sort of going into different genres, sort of, with each part Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in in its uh, story structure, so, like... Part one was like more of like a typical shonen y, you know, fa- fancy lads get in Victorian fights thing. And then it ramps up to this like more supernatural, you know, ending. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And this this arc is kind of more of, uh, instead of more vampire y stuff, like this is vampire stuff, but it feels a little more like occult and ancient than that. So it kind of feels like it's more ancient occult than vampire stuff thematically. Like, there's different genres he goes into in the other parts. There's, like, more of a murder mystery type theming going on in one of the parts. There's more of a monster of the week kind of style coming yeah. up. And then, you know, you've got, like, kind of mafia drama of, of one of them as well. 
And I think like the way that Araki deals with like not knowing where to go with tension is he'll just switch genres to something else. <laughs> yeah. Format of each part's story is, is pretty different from each other while somehow maintaining a lot of what makes Jojo Jojo. Mm. Like there's a uh, on Netflix right now. It just came out uh, a couple days ago. Thus spoke Rohan Kishibe. Yeah. Thus spoke Kishibe Rohan, which is a Jojo spinoff story from part four that follows a character from part four. Mm-hmm. Who is basically Araki's self-insert OC. Yes, it is a self-insert <laughs> of himself, and he really likes him a lot, so he got his own side stories in some of the manga. Wouldn't it be weird if a manga artist were one of the characters in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? <laughs> now that's relatable. Um, but all of those are basically uh, JoJo-themed Twilight Zone episodes. They're all thriller <laughs> or mystery yeah, episodes. I love it. Uh, they're all one-off plots, uh, and we actually need to watch the rest of those. But mm-hmm. I um, like the the two that we saw. Two? We only one? saw one. We saw one? Okay. But it felt like two. There was so much going on in there. <laughs> there was, yeah. but there's also the, like a mishmashing the fact that Rohan was in like a full JoJo season because he did have his episodes were Twilight Zony yeah. in different ways. So yeah. I'm kind of mushing that together in my memory. My bad. JoJo ch- changes up his format a lot to. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So even though like later parts may actually have less of a threat than what the Pillar Men are, or maybe technically less power than the Pillar Men, the powers of JoJo characters escalate or at least spread out horizontally in power mm. levels in different ways where you honestly don't fucking know if this is more of a threat than the Pillar Men or not because you have no idea how these two beings could possibly fight each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I kind of enjoy that a lot of the... like. I, you know, I'm talking about, um, I'm on the, the Battle Tendency podcast here, but my actual favorite is the upcoming one, Stardust Crusaders, uh, which is not a, the most popular opinion. A lot of people don't like Stardust Crusaders, and I'm like, why? Everyone has more spe- like specific powers, so because everyone's powers is a lot more specific than like this guy can punch good and can use this like very general use power in different kinds of ways... Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely a different format because of that shift in how the characters can interact with threats. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think the when you've seen people go like, ugh, part three, I think it's just because that is like the most popular, iconic part of JoJo. So I think oh, no, some people really? are just, yeah, it's some people are just tired of oh, it. Oh, it's I a back. I didn't realize it was a backlash. Okay. <laughs> if, if there's ever any JoJo representation in a anime crossover fighting game or anything JoJo related, oh, yeah. it is going to be the characters from part three. But that is because their powers are so spe- specified. Like I said, they're, they're just like, they're cool, iconic. They have a certain look to them. Whereas yeah. Hamon is just like, well, it's yellow. Mm. It looks like electricity. <laughs> Sometimes know. it's turquoise, but that's only when you're underwater. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. <laughs> that's because uh, of how the light refracts in the water. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's an illusion. But yeah, like you know, when it comes to a fighting game, those characters in the upcoming arc are just more suited to be in a fighting game. So I do understand being weary of seeing them so often. But if you go to Universal Studios Japan, there is a JoJo ride there. Yes. And it's based off of part three, and it's like one of those. Uh... Can Toad leave Nintendo Land and go ride the JoJo ride? <laughs> I hope oh. so. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves here talking about part three. JoJo! Oh, no. <laughs> it was like uh, the Back to the Future ride or whatever. It, it was yeah. one of the things, you know, you're not on a track or anything, it's just shaking around, it's but a it's motion also like. Simulator. It's a motion simulator, but you're also wearing like. AR goggles or VR goggles too, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
because it's all CG animated stuff. But I hope anyway. it's still there when we go. Yeah, I hope me when too. When we eventually go. Me too. But anyways, back to part two. Let's stop talking about <laughs> vaguely about part three. Sure. So the Pillar Men. The Pillar Men. The Pillar Men. What do we think about the Pillar Men? What do we think? That I, I think a... the, the Pillar Men, I think they are really fun to watch in fights. I think they're great in fights. Not so much outside of fights. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Do we miss Dio? (laughs) (laughs) Dio's got the charisma the Pillar Men don't really have. Um, Although I do like when Joseph is fucking with the Pillar Men. (laughs) They become immediate, like, schmucks. That is, like, they they go from these, like, incredibly noble Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) warrior types to, like, fucking clowns. He's clowning on them. It's so funny. (laughs) They just get pissed off so quickly. Like they, they have this big air about them of being these, you know, thousands, you know, warriors with thousands of years of combat experience. And then they get fooled by a, a simple magic trick and they're just like, hey, you, <laughs> you little stinker. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I think why they're great in fights is because that's the only time they show that personality. Like if ACDC had wild mood swings anytime but when he's like in the middle of, of the fight on Air Supply Island. I think I would like ACDC more. Mm. Yeah. Also, like, ACDC just is not there much in the story because he gets, he died, you know, he's there in the first episode that the, the three pillar men are introduced. Mm-hmm. A little bit in this, the following episode where he just, like, sticks the ring on Joseph. And then this episode where he fights Joseph and he dies. Mm-hmm. No, actually, no, the episode after, too, because his brain is there. I forgot about his oh, brain. Oh, that's true. It still yeah. counts. Still counts. Still counts. <laughs> You just forget it's him because he's not a big old pile of meat. Yeah, <laughs> with gross veins coming out of his oh, uh, his hinged fingernails and toenails. That was like the first time of many uh, that I was squicked out by JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the nastiest thing. <laughs> the, the, I think the... His, his fingernails and toenails hinging up. Like the fact that they're on a hinge is just so yeah. awful. <laughs> The body horror that Araki is capable of is uh, amazing to me. <laughs> so gross. Yeah, and all the disgusting uh, contortionist stuff that Santana does. Oh, God. Ugh. And how he, <laughs> he burrows into a dude's face. <laughs> <laughs> like and puppets that, the guy from inside. Like, that, that, that for some reason didn't squick me out as much as the hinged <laughs> fingernails. Yeah, I yeah, guess I yeah. just don't like fingernail stuff. But like, yeah, when Santana did that stuff, I was just like, "Oh my god, ew!" But I'm invested. <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know Araki did like body horror like this. So that was, uh, you know, I'm just used to like anime. It's just like someone's arm got chopped off, and they're fine. They're just talking, you know. Yeah. But this was like so much more visceral, disgusting, and I was like, "Oh my god, he has body horror chops that I did not realize he had." And then when fucking ACDC does that gross shit with his fingernails, I was just like, "Oh god!" I was like looking through my fingers, like I didn't want to even look at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wamo gets a pretty good amount of screen time, maybe yeah, the most out yeah. of any of the Pillar Men. Yeah, actually. actually, Cars gets so much after Wamu dies that he, he he's so trying to catch up, too. and he might, but I, I yeah. don't know. It's close. I appreciate, even though Wamu is just kind of like your your stereotypical like honorable warrior mm-hmm. bad guy. Um, I appreciate his him being in this story because he works really well for when Cars reveals 
uh, you know, the way he fights and how he's just yes. like, fuck all yes. that honorable shit. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, it's Wamu and ACDC against JoJo is this perfect, like, inversion of part one, right? We've got mm. these these noble warriors following their own uh, uh, rigid code going up against someone who's devious and, and underhanded. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, their, their alignments have switched. And then Cars just takes away Joseph's advantage, which... Like more more than all of his superpowers, it, it makes him more dangerous. I, I don't care how much you can squeeze if you just don't <laughs> fall for Joseph's shit. That's your real superpower. Yeah, right. Yeah. Even more so than when he becomes the ultimate being. Mm-hmm. Uh, him him revealing that I don't care about honor and I'll do whatever I can to win is more of an escalation in stakes than like. Oh, this guy's a super super powered superhuman immortal being now. For some reason, emotionally, it hit harder that he was like, I don't care about honor, I'll do anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't imagine ACDC stabbing someone in the back, literally. No. <laughs> yeah. Never. No, no way. It's just not done. <laughs> uh I'm of two minds on this one thing, because I like I really do like how they reveal cars being like, no, nah, fuck any of this shit. I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to get the stone mm-hmm. by just immediately you know, having a body double cars there mm-hmm. and just stabbing Lisa in the back before she can even really fight him. But at the same time, damn, I wanted Lisa Lisa to get one real fight and not just yeah, uh, yeah. and not just completely own wired Beck. Yeah. Who <laughs> talks like fucking choose goose in the English dub. <laughs> I'm Wyatt Beck. Hello. Hello. I, can, I, I was in prison, but then the pillow man broke me out. <laughs> I'm going to give you a hug because I'm full of spikes. <laughs> My hand is a doorknob. I live in the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's an uncanny impression. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay, so Kingdom Hearts 4, you're going to be uh, uh, the Mad Hatter in, in the <laughs> Alice in Wonderland yeah, could, world. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess I could do a good Mad Hatter too, huh? It's All the right. same guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh, how do oh. how do we move on from that? I'm Jesus, sorry. This disarming busted out my wired back impression, <laughs> disarming impression. But but the point you were I think you were trying to make is that yeah, it, it's very unfortunate that for all of the mystique, all of the aura of like oh, capability yeah. around Lisa Lisa, her two fights are totally chumping a dude and getting totally chumped in return. Yeah, yeah. boring. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know a ton about, like, the future, future uh, JoJo that hasn't been animated yet. Stone Ocean? Yeah, that's, that's Stone Ocean. That's the first time Araki has a female protagonist. And it's like, okay, I'm ready for girls to fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally, it's been fucking, what, 25 years of JoJo? Can we get a girl yeah. fighting and being good at it? There's a lot of girls fighting in part six, actually. I think most of the, a lot of the main cast are, are girls, Yeah, actually. like, so, I'm stoked. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, Lisa Lisa, for all of her incredible presence, it's it does feel like a, just a waste to not actually mm. see her back that up with her actual skill. Like, her skills are implied. Mm-hmm, I'd love mm-hmm. to just see him, though. Like, please. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I should bring this up because when, you know, Void went through part two, for the most part, just reading the manga instead of, of watching it because it was, it was quicker. But uh, you pointed out to me that you know, the art style of the manga and the anime is a little different. Mm. It's it's pretty close, but Lisa Lisa is drawn differently in the manga. 
Yes. Same character design, but if you look at her, she looks more related to Joseph. She hmm. does. And hmm. also her her neck is a little thicker, so you can yeah. <laughs> I like that a bit more cuz it's like, oh, maybe she is strong. I don't know. She also looks just like anime Jennifer Connelly. Yes. <laughs> I love. I love that for her. She's great. Yeah, she's she's got a jaw a jawline that's a little more similar to mm-hmm. Joseph and she also has uh, not to the same extent, but the same big, blocky, bushy eyebrows that the yes. JoJo's have. The Jennifer Connelly eyebrows. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to say about the art style going through the manga instead of the anime, th- there's certain strengths that the anime definitely has over the manga. And I think it comes out in the fight scenes a lot because it is a little hard to suss out exactly yeah. what's happening in the <laughs> manga because everybody is so meaty and <laughs> there's so much special effects kind of happening and stuff mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. you've got the big katakana onomatopoeias splashed all over everything and like it's all black and white of course and like the addition of motion and a slightly more simplified style the, the anime is so much more easy to follow action wise. Like uh, there's parts yeah. in the in the manga where I'm just like, wait, what the fuck just happened? And like, like going back and forth between three different pages, being like, who is that? Like what is what are they doing? What part of the body is that? <laughs> um, and like thank goodness, like there's always an announcer or somebody nearby going like, oh my god, this thing just happened, and I'm narrating it because it's nonsense to look at. Um, so that's handy. There but, will always uh, be a speed wagon. <laughs> a oh, speed yeah. wagon nearby. Thank God. Wh- which is like, it's funny to to see that happen in the anime. Like there's somebody describing the action to you. But it's like when you're reading the manga, you see why that was necessary. <laughs> so I have no idea. The scene with the squirrel blasting <laughs> through Stroheim, which is like the best scene in the anime so far, perhaps. You can't, it's really hard to suss out in the manga. Like, I went back and forth through these different panels being like, wait, so something, it's, there's the squirrel's legs, it's jumping, and then, whoa, there's so many lines, uh, <laughs> and now there's a, there's a hole through the Nazi. I don't, what happens? <laughs> yeah. So that, that's one, that's one benefit of watching the, uh, the anime over reading the manga is you actually know what the fuck's happening in the action scenes. <laughs> I'll also say, because I've read everything from part one through four, in Japan at least, there were uh, new releases of the manga that were all uh, colored. Mm-hmm. They weren't black mm. and white. I have found that the action in Araki's manga is easier to follow when there's color. Yes. Um, I noticed that about the, there's only like a couple of pages here and there that are colored with like one primary color, like red usually. And yeah. those sequences are so much easier to visually <laughs> distinguish what's going on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Man, I just I wish the whole thing was colored. I see why they did it. <laughs> uh, so so we've talked about uh, Joseph and Stroheim and the Pillar Men and Lisa Lisa, but we have to talk about Caesar Zeppeli. Yeah, rip. <laughs> Fucking killed killed by a rock. It, it, it <laughs> is killed the, by a chunk of ceiling. It is the destiny of Zeppelis to to die so that JoJo's may live. <laughs> I guess uh, that sucks. <laughs> Do you, do you think that's what the cross represents? It's it's not that he uh, is being compared, uh, but that he is being crushed under the weight of others' sacrifice and, and righteousness. Mm. Mm. A, a legacy he must fulfill in the way that Jesus had to die for the sins of humanity. Caesar wow. has to die for Jojo to succeed. 
That's my Silent Hill brain making up shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just that easy. <laughs> Type it into the wiki. Go to the JoJo <laughs> wiki right now. Tappy, tappy. Okay, so we've had two Zeppelins now. Uh, mm-hmm. Compared to part one, Caesar is such a better character than Baron. Yes. Is. yes. Oh, my God, yeah. He's got more personality. Like, all of part two has so much more personality than anybody in part one, in my opinion. And that extends to Caesar. I know a lot of people, there's a lot of JoJo fans who just don't care for part one. Or I've even seen people go like, oh, you're starting JoJo? Just skip part one. It's just like, it's nine I episodes, wouldn't... one. That's not a lot. <laughs> and uh, you're missing Dio. <laughs> yeah. Dio. It's nine episodes uh, Dio. of Dio. You need to know about Dio. Yeah, I take back what I just said because Dio is in the thing. So I was, I was yeah. talking about like primary protagonist wise. All the personality, all all of it just like went to him. <laughs> He's a vampire. And also, like, gotta say, like, even if like the the middle bits of part one drag aren't as interesting, the first three episodes of part one are pretty good. Yes, I yeah. I love I I love the the fancy lad uh, trilogy. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a uh, it's those three episodes on their own are so tight. Like I said before, like if you cut out the post credit scene of Dioso being alive, that would just be the end of the story. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Yeah, that that could be a movie on it unto itself. Like mm. you know. But man, for as much you know, things in part one are a little wonky and might not work entirely correctly. They serve as a really, really good base to make everything in part two better. I think, mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. stuff like Caesar. You're you're taking the the pretty basic shit that happens with with Baron and kind of using that as um, a lot of his character motivation for like how he views family and stuff and why yeah. he continues mm. to do the, the Hamon warrior shit, um, which I think is a lot more interesting than if he were just another Hamon guy who is trained to beat up <laughs> pillar men or something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he doesn't, he's not in too many fights in part, in part two, but his last fight is a really good one. Oh, you mean Especially his, his last fight as listed on his wiki page, Caesar Zeppeli versus rock. <laughs> There's a very cruel wiki editor that I'd like to have words yeah. with. That's Sassy. so messed up. That's messed up. But yeah, I, I really like what they do with Caesar for the most part, and especially like the the relationship they start building up with him and Joseph. I just wish there was a little extra time for them to be like super bros before he fucking dies, mm-hmm. yeah. because they're really only bros for like half an episode before he dies. <laughs> I know, and, that's and then they ba- have a fight anyway, and it's like, yeah. oh, you, you're barely bros. We can't <laughs> fight yet. It's no. basically the only the only scene you get where it's like, okay, Joseph and Caesar are totally synced up. You know, they're just good friends and battle buddies now. And that is just <laughs> the bit where Joseph, Joseph is falling, and he's like, oh, shit, I got to make a ladder out mm. of icicles. And Caesar <laughs> thinks, oh, shit, I got to make a ladder out of icicles. And then they link up <laughs> that way. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I though. wanted a couple more moments like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would also make his his death more tragic too, if if we had more mm-hmm. uh, more friendship moments like that. So it's a little bit of a yeah. and and the fight that leads directly to it would have that much more weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the idea yeah. that the last words they exchanged were having a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Rip. I like his I like his hormone bubble launcher stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. That's bandana. <laughs> I think uh, uh, the their special moves, the bubble launcher and and the uh, clacker volley, really exemplify the differences between Caesar and Joseph as characters. 
because Caesar relies on and iterates on and succeeds with the bubble launcher. Everything he does is bubble based. You can follow his development as a warrior on his like his ability to to use bubbles in more uh, uh, and more interesting ways. Whereas Joseph just wants to have a special move. <laughs> it never does anything useful because his strength isn't in uh, uh, perfecting technique. It's in improvisation and Absolutely. in just pulling shit out of from the seat of his pants. Like TNT. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how they frame it in the the manga. I'm I'm sure it's probably pretty similar to the anime because for the most part, the panels just serve as like the storyboards for the anime for the most part. Yeah, honestly, uh, it's like really same close. angles, same poses, everything. It's really close most of the time. But man, in the anime, when the Wamu is just going like, you wouldn't have happen to have something like a stick of dynamite behind behind you, would you? And then the camera is just slowly panning behind JoJo's back, and he just has a fucking lit stick of dynamite, like he's a fucking Looney Tune. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually funnier in the anime. I'm looking at the panels right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like while the the minecart is crashing from having the brakes applied, like in mid air. Wamu's saying, or were you planning to blow me up with that dinky thing you lit? In parentheses. Ooh. In parentheses, dynamite? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he said the word dynamite, but it's in the word bubbles. So I'm not sure. Uh, and he says, the one you so cunningly pilfered from the excavation site. And then the next panel is Jojo with the lit dynamite behind his back saying, God, he did it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, uh, there's a really minor uh, difference because like, uh, Grant, you read this from the, the wiki right before we started that there were like, you know, certain references to Nazis from the manga that were taken out. That fight with, oh, uh, what's his name? That uh, Donovan, that Nazi yes. in the desert. <laughs> so in the manga, when Joseph beats him up and leaves him tied to a cactus in the manga, he also left a little cheeky note like stuck to the cactus below him that uh, what what does it say again it was just something oh, like say crazy. hi to adolf yeah it was like say hi to adolf <laughs> the manga also had like you know an actual drawing and photo of hitler in one or two pages no yeah this is the guy he's got like a freaking um compass in his eye yeah <laughs> ew like why <laughs> yeah it says hello adolf <laughs> Okay. He's he's upside down on the cactus, and there's a tiny note next to his head saying, Hello, Adolf. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I like Joseph. <laughs> yeah. He, he leaves a note. And there there's also, like, a small scene, like, right before that fight or after or something where he's trying to get directions in Mexico, and he stops to get a drink, and he just starts drinking out of a horse trough. Because <laughs> he doesn't know that that's for horses for some reason. <laughs> why doesn't he know that? <laughs> I really wish that scene was left in the anime because I just want to see him being a dumbass drinking next to a horse. <laughs> so dumb. I understand why they. I understand why they didn't include it because it's not like for effectiveness of time. Yeah, it's not very important that he drinks yeah. out of a horse trough. <laughs> it's important to me. Dang it! Just uh, just uh, re replace the the normal credits with the credits rolling over him just looping animation, lapping up water from a horse trough. Mm -hmm. I'll drink your. Horse water. <laughs> it's also a bit of a racist scene, actually. That's probably what oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. After, after he drinks from the horse trough, you've got like four very stereotypical bad guy looking fellers with uh, all of them have sombreros except one. 
<laughs> calling mm-hmm. him a gringo. They're basically gonna like mug him. Jojo shatters his uh, cool goggles he just stole from the from uh, Donovan. The the shards go in between the bad guy's hands, like like five finger fillet. He's got his hand up against a, a pillar or something like that, and it actually kills a bunch of flies that were between the guy's fingers, and it scares him <laughs> so bad that he goes durr. <laughs> <laughs> they're all amazed that he killed the flies and then he basically just like gets him in like jojo gets him in a headlock and he's like well since you're so impressed by that give me uh food and gasoline in three minutes go get it and they're just like okay oh. <laughs> what the fuck but like the, these guys are just hideous <laughs> hideous oh, yeah, and they I'm, look pretty offensive <laughs> yeah i'm sure they're drawn in a similar way to like the cops were or something because whenever there's yes, bad yes. mean guys they are the most disgusting looking dudes They're possible. Super nasty looking, but yeah, once you put a sombrero on that shit, it don't look so hot. <laughs> yeah. So something I wanted to bring up is, you mm-hmm. know, part two still has a lot of, there's still a lot of characters from part one in yeah. part two. Yeah. You know, you, you it feels like it hasn't been that long. A, a lot of characters survived and are still here. Straight so becomes a bad guy. I mean, he was already pretty bad before, but in like a qualitative sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like part two because it's interesting to see like the kind of, you know, sort of a tone shift. Part two definitely feels different from part one, but like there's still enough lingering part one stuff here that it's interesting to be like, oh, Speedwagon is still here or Mm -hmm. Granny Arena is here now. And Mm -hmm. I really like the end of part two because that's when it actually feels like part one truly like gets like closed at the end of the anime where it's just like, oh, what happened to all these characters? And, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, Speedwagon died because he's old. Granny Arena <laughs> died because she's old. Like, all these part one, all this part one stuff is going away now. Don't you been... forget about me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at the same time, man, Speedwagon's dead. And he died of a heart attack. And he died of a heart attack. <laughs> and he was singled, and he was, quote, single till the day he died. <laughs> Rub that in. <laughs> Weird. He's got a Jonathan-shaped hole in his heart, which mm. is what killed him. That's a very large hole. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> Don't know how the doctors missed it. <laughs> I, I I am positive this has already been brought up. Uh, the fact that uh, Strohein dies an honorable death as a proud German soldier on the front lines of Stalingrad yeah. in 1943. Yeah. How did this robot Nazi who basically helped fight a god get <laughs> mm-hmm. killed by normal war stuff? Mm-hmm. A stray bullet or something. Like, how the fuck did that go down? Uh, I think the Russians deployed several trained combat squirrels. (laughs) Yeah, that's his big weakness. They found that one out. Yeah, they burrowed through his brain, and that's what took him out. (laughs) Yeah, nobody's nobody's, uh, blown up his head yet that we know of on screen. uh, Unless that personality change did, in fact, happen because something like that. (laughs) So uh, he's like a a zombie. You gotta destroy the head. (laughs) Nobody has until somebody happened to shoot him in the head at Stalingrad in 1943. Uh, to, to go back to what you were saying, yeah, I mean, the, the end of part two, not only the, the where are they now montage, but like there's a lot of part one callbacks. We, we got some overdrives. We got a zoom punch yeah. of all oh, things. Yeah, we did. What are people's ideas on, on why the part one callbacks get so heavy? Like, are, are we maybe setting up an expectation that Joseph also dies? Mm. I mean, yeah, there's already like some very clear stuff in the end of part two where it's really setting up that like, damn, the JoJo's just die. Mm-hmm. 
this is the we're, we're technically on the fourth Joe star uh and the previous three have all been murdered mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one's named george don't count we don't really care about that mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah boring guy so yeah i i could see like i could see some of that being a deliberate thing to get some some jonathan parallels going some some drama for the for the end of the you know the final fight having like not just uh, astronomical stakes where you're like how the fuck is anyone gonna get out of this shit but also to like kind of harken back and remind you about jonathan it's kind of like oh well jonathan died you didn't expect that right so what if maybe joseph could die you know it kind of adds a little more weight to the finale i think and then like they kind of rib on it by showing everybody at a funeral which he shows up to (laughs) (laughs) i i also feel like at least the first time i watched this when he pulled out like an over overdrive or the zoom punches because we hadn't seen those in so long it felt like those techniques were like inferior to the new ones they were using so him (laughs) using those kind of felt like an act of desperation or something yeah yeah Mm. and they don't work like it's explained as part of of joseph's uh exhaustion but that zoom punch does not melt a zombie no nope (laughs) i think only one overdrive works the one where he chops cars's bone blade off and that makes his arm explode or whatever. But every other overdrive uh, is... Also, his, his overdrive reversal against uh, uh, Wamu's oh, butt yeah. stomp. <laughs> yeah, the rebuff <laughs> overdrive, I guess. But yeah, none of those start getting pulled out until he's re- getting like really tired. So See, exhaustion first affects the brain. He, he can only rely on his fists because he's too tired to think. <laughs> and then when something random happens, he just says, that was all part of my plan. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna bother him if I say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they do this in the anime, but he like literally has a thought bubble <laughs> that yep. says like, Haha, yeah. that's not true. <laughs> yeah, you hear, yeah, you hear him think that to himself. Oh, yeah, bless, bless this mess. I love him. <laughs> yeah, battles as a whole in part two are a lot more enjoyable than part one because they rely, for the most part, a lot less on explaining what Hamon is currently doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just let it be. Just let it do the thing. Let it be yep. magic. There's a lot more time spent with graphs to <laughs> illustrate <laughs> the trajectory of projectiles and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, and I'm fine with which that. I, which I like because a lot of the times I was like, wait. Why did that work? And then it'll actually show me a graph of like, you see, the string was actually doing this. And you cut this part. It's, it's like, oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah. He's doing some magic bullshit. Okay. Yeah. I love how many like magic rope tricks happens mm-hmm. in, in this. Like you've got the part with the uh, ACDC with all the spikes. That's like a known magic string trick you can do to impress children and stuff. And <laughs> the the part with... um. Go, going on Penn and Teller fool us and opening yeah. up my toenails for my boiling blood. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never see it coming. <laughs> and then the other one with like Lisa Lisa dangling from, from the rope, like Jojo does some wacky little swings and, and like very subtly ties a knot that'll ensure that she won't actually fall or something like that. Like I just love these basic magic tricks that are just like sized up for a battle <laughs> you know it's great and it's also part two you know while we we've kind of ribbed on the fact that like hey certain things get mentioned and seem like foreshadowing and it never comes back like you know <laughs> wamu's don't step on my shadow or else i automatically kick you reflex mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the brave mexican child the brave Aww, mexican him. child that the news reporter lady who 
seems like she might be a character that goes on the adventure along with Jojo and that doesn't happen. But despite those things, there's a decent amount of stuff that happens and then is either set up and payoff or is a thing that like gets established earlier on so it can be used again later. Like Jojo's running away tactic. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> the the string stuff comes comes up like three or four times total, I think. When those happen or, you know, happen again, it's like pretty satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Iraqi actually intends to do a traditional setup and payoff and actually sees it through, it, they're pretty good. Yeah. And I can't tell if he like forgets that he set something up or if he just purposefully abandons setups or if it's just me thinking like this is setting up something like when he doesn't do it like i don't know what's actually happening there that's part of the 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 experience i guess of this Mm -hmm. series yeah because the expectation to go on with a character is if they don't get a name no matter how like distinct their design or or how important they are in the moment if they do not have a first name spoken aloud do not expect them to return yeah yeah. So so far, that is that is a uh, tactic you can stand by. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good rule. Yeah, because I mean, otherwise, you know, like racist Wario's cyberpunk cousin mm-hmm. from the <laughs> first episode could potentially be an important character. He looks important, right? <laughs> he looks like he's going to be a minor, you know, like not a main villain, but like a recurring minor villain. But nope. In in a world where the Pillar Men cared about worldly things, like he'd be their toady. Oh yeah, but they don't. So he isn't. <laughs> yeah, and there there are some things where it's like, man, I wish they got used more. I wish Smokey was in the story more. Mm-hmm. I know uh, he just shows up at the end, and it's like, hey, it's him. Smokey being the the vessel for uh, uh, a big black story flashback because he is part of the Speedwagon clan, and that is their job. But <laughs> but just the way that that is layered with a very emotional moment of uh, Speedwagon really recognizing that fact and seeing himself in this boy and, like, mm-hmm. taking him under his wing. And, like, that doesn't do anything, you know, functional. And it doesn't even come up in, in their final farewell montage. But it is a really sweet emotional beat that's there all the same. And so so I, I like it on its own on its own grounds. And hey, uh, he eventually became the first black mayor of Georgia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a town in Georgia. They don't uh, say which. It just says the first black mayor in Georgia. Huh. Okay. Of, of any given Georgia town. All right. Any, okay. yeah. Just it's phrased slightly differently in the anime, I guess. Yeah. But, huh. <laughs> Translation difference. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you, Smokey. Went from a, a street rat kind of character to... Uh... Gained about 300 pounds of muscle. Uh, <laughs> I'd damn. love to see an adult Smokey. I don't know if we ever do, do we? I mean, you see adult Smokey uh, in the anime, at least, when they're showing him, like, oh, he became the mayor. Like, you see him all grown up. Oh, oh, because I didn't watch that episode recently. But in the anime, they just show everybody as their current selves with oh. the words next to them. So giant hulking Smokey is an anime original design? <laughs> I, I guess it is, yeah. it is. To the wiki. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he gets he gets big. He's he's like as tall and as big as Joseph, basically. Good. <laughs> Again, like everyone is so big in part one and two and three as well, honestly. Oh, he looks great. Thanks oh, yeah, for looking that. <laughs> oh, he's New York Mayor Smokey Brown in the anime. That is actually a very small Smokey cameo from a later part of JoJo. What? Uh-huh. Oh my god. He can't be both. Is that legal? <laughs> I don't know. He moved. 
He becomes mayor of New York later on in JoJo. Wow, what a what he, a life, what a career. Where where's his full story? Smokey is not like a major character in any other parts, but you do see that at least <laughs> later on. Yeah. Wow. There's something different about the food back in the early days of JoJo, I think, that made every <laughs> every boy become this huge. Because later on, they get they're pretty they're pretty slender, they're pretty lean. They get they get more Twinkie and less berry over time. Absolutely, yeah. I, I I'm a little dismayed, in fact, that the uh, covers of the JoJo hardback books have modern Iraqi style versions of the characters, like yeah. Joseph Joestar, Santana, Cars, everybody, and they have the same face. Every fucking person, including <laughs> Lisa Lisa, has the same face as Joseph Joestar, and everyone's so skinny. Even the pillar men are just like kind of n- not normal. Not even the biggest bodybuilders that humans are able to, to like naturally do and stuff like that. They're just like muscular guys. And it's like, I want otherworldly, disgusting muscular guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the, like, this is supposed to be an escapist fantasy. What's with these normal, normal muscled men? These are not threatening pillar men. They are hardly pillars at all. Well, you know how pillars are straight and slim. I guess, yeah, it's a different riff on it. I, I just I find it disappointing. I don't like it. Joseph looks, like, very strange. His his face is an entirely different shape. Like, he's got a very soft, round chin. Doesn't even look like him no more. Like, none of these redraws look anything like the characters. Wamu looks totally different. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's just gonna, wild. I got, I got the image here I'll, I'll send. But, yeah, this yeah. is... Joseph in like part seven style, I think. I hate it. Maybe part eight. That's not my husband. <laughs> yeah. Like I think the design that his new style works for the new characters he makes, but when they're applied to their older ones, it's just it doesn't work for me. No. Why isn't his chin pointy? I know. Right? His hair, you can't even see it. His eyebrows aren't huge and blocky anymore. I only see four abs. What the fuck? <laughs> right? <laughs> You should look up the look up Wamu. He looks super, super strange. Caesar is the one that looks the closest to. Yeah, Caesar looks pretty similar all, but in still, the his, style. His but still, his lips yeah. are too plump. Fucking, oh. <laughs> look at this Wamu. I hate him. <laughs> yeah, I hate that Wamu. He's yelling. <laughs> That's that a Wamu, Wamu cosplayer. That's not Wamu. Yeah. yeah, that is a Wamu. Yeah, Wamu should be fucking huge because the Pillar Men are weird. He also yeah. looks like he's 16. I, yeah, yeah, everyone looks so young here, and it's not just because of Hamon aging. <laughs> like everyone's just like a, a teen. Yeah. Now, now, now I'm looking up pictures of, of Wamu. And that that that's my Wamu right there. <laughs> that's him. Like, that's look that's at the, Wamu. Look at the difference. Like honestly, yeah. that's not the same guy. <laughs> God damn, man! The poses not, and, not and everything and the manga are incredible. <laughs> I just realized I could be looking these up too. <laughs> yeah. You probably aren't finding uh, Lisa Lisa because it looks like fucking Joseph. There she is. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Hmm. That is yeah. the same face as <laughs> everything else. Yeah. Th- this is the modern redraw of the scene where, where Joseph does drag to sneak into the Nazi compound. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> right. But yeah. That's my, that's my only like complaint about the, uh, the hardcovers is that the, the cover of them is not indicative of the actual art style that is within the, the book itself. 
Yeah. Not even close. But yeah, Grant, I wanted to to ask you because I've done this. I think I did this with the end of part one. Sure. As well. Where do you think part three is going to go? There's going to be a hat guy. We've seen hat guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you've seen the last, because uh, the episode ended with a little teaser as well. There is a teaser that Dio is returning, even though the, the artifact they found, Dio was not in. It was kind of important that he was not in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why what I'm saying is so funny. That's the thing. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, like vampires don't drown. Like I'm expecting after... <laughs> After trying out a new style of villain that doesn't have a deep personal connection to the heroes, mm. I think uh, uh, the way you correct for that is to bring Dio back one way or another. So that's where I think things are heading. And and it okay. is Hatman's job to put him down. <laughs> but first, gotta get out of jail for being a bad boy. <laughs> for being a bad boy. For wearing a hat that's too cool. Mm-hmm. That's true. So... I don't remember because I haven't watched this last episode of the anime in a while because I caught up with the manga instead. Do you know who this old guy is? Oh, you, you mean a uh, redesigned elderly uh, uh, Joseph? Or are yes. you thinking of a different old guy? Okay. No, yeah. redesigned elderly Joseph. My husband continues. <laughs> he only gets finer with age. He's even better. Uh, you know, he's not the main character. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. clearly, because I mean, look, there's a, there's a foreboding dude in this jail cell. Obviously, he's a little more important seeming. Uh, but I adore Joseph, perhaps even more in, <laughs> in the upcoming part. Old Joseph is so good. As all people do in their age, he has become racist. Yes, he has. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my God. But old Joseph is so funny. He's still got a lot of the little, like wily weird tendencies of young joseph but because he's not the focus he's not doing as many like wacky plans and stuff like that but his, mm-hmm. i think his personality is still there and it's just like yay more joseph content i'm into that you can tell it's joseph but old yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm kind of expecting joseph to become a speed wagon mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. to clarify so in part because, uh, you know, you see the, what year it is at the, the end of part two. It's like 84, I believe. 87. 87. At that point... It's been Joseph, 50 years. Yeah, Joseph <laughs> is already 69 or nice. 70 years old, I think. And he is still fucking huge. He's fine. <laughs> he is a built old dude. He's a silver fox. He's gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, that's the hormone making him mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. buff and, and and younger looking than he probably ought to be looking. <laughs> yeah. Araki did something consistent. That's why everyone's hot forever, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh, called hot moan. Hot moan. <laughs> this this always just gets stru- stuck in my crawl a little bit with part 2, so I just have to bring it up even though I think we we've already acknowledged this in our minds. Uh damn, Joseph got horny in his own mom's butt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. Uh-huh. 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 Oops. <laughs> My hot 50-year-old mom. Wait a minute. Oop. Oops. 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 Like when when I read that in the manga, <laughs> I like that he still says nice, but it's written in, in katakana like it's a like it's a sound effect. <laughs> it's really, it's got the big JoJo katakana like nice font. 
Oh my god. I don't know why I expected him to just say it in a word bubble from his mouth. <laughs> no. <laughs> Big sound effect font. Sound nice. Effect, yeah. It's the sound of him smashing his arms together doing that weird gesture he does at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> that that moment is so strange because it's clear that like Iraqi knew at that point who Lisa Lisa mm-hmm. was. Like it, yeah. it, it's not a, a an Empire Strikes Back situation. <laughs> <laughs> It's not not Joseph's finest moment, I will admit. Joseph is not perfect. I defend him. I do love him. That's one of my least favorite Joseph parts. Like the the, the I, I guess it's it's to set up a moral rudeness. Of don't peep. <laughs> that's that's what you're supposed to learn. You you never don't know who that him. might be in secret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, I suppose there is a chance that at that point maybe he hadn't decided that Lisa Lisa would be his his mom, but. The fact that he was drawing her in a way where she looks kind of like a JoJo, mm-hmm. like from the get go, makes me think that must have been he must have known from the start with that one at least. I think I'd have to compare like how he draws Susie Q with how he draws Lisa Lisa, mm-hmm. but I'm not really sure. I'd have to find a a part to look at <laughs> that has both of them. I guess I guess I am assuming that the foreshadowing in the anime is also present in the manga about. Regarding Smokey's narration that in the future, I'm going to learn some things about who Joseph's mom is. Oh, right. <laughs> Please don't yeah. get confused by me saying mm. this out loud during a scene with the fact um. that it's actually being said out loud during the scene. That might embarrass <laughs> you in a future uh, uh, podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. Something I want to bring up that's manga only is in between each chapter, frequently there's little bios for different characters that list their favorite foods and stuff, including Ooh. the Pillar Men. Ooh. Yes. I guess their favorite food is vampires, I've been led to believe. <laughs> the Pillar Men also have favorite colors. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I believe Wamu's was turquoise blue or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Joseph's favorite food is fried chicken and chewing gum. Ah, oh, together? I don't think, oh. I don't think together. <laughs> I think it's fried chicken and also, and like chewing gum isn't really food you don't swallow chewing gum <laughs> maybe you don't yeah, yeah joseph, joseph is a, a different different breed of man <laughs> yeah you know how useful it is to be able to to summon like hormone charged chewing gum out of your gullet how come he never <laughs> did that oh what could you do with hormone oh. gum i bet you could do something i bet you could make like a, a fucking like bungee cord with <laughs> gum. let's let's talk about hunter hunter <laughs> we know all of the oh, abilities yeah. of of soap bubbles with hormone but but gum bubbles Ooh. and it's like you know what it could still work because you would get a, a a instance of the narrator bullshitting how it works because it's like oh well because he chewed the gum there is spit all over it which conducts yep. hormone yep. very well yeah. absolutely absolutely <laughs> uh, <laughs> and because it's like a stronger surface tension, they'd be really, really tough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, you can't, yeah. you can't break them even with like anti hormone or anything like that. I still can't believe Caesar Zeppeli, the suavest motherfucker, ladies' man du jour, smells like detergent all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> Wash your clothes right, dude. But before, before we started watching part two, I was trying to remember certain elements and i thought caesar only had soap coating on his weird his special gloves but no it's that's not what he says (laughs) it's all of him is coated with soap it's a slippery devil (laughs) i also like that uh jojo brought with him at least in the manga uh to the big wamu horse fight in the coliseum uh he brought with him 
like a thing of oil to charge with Ham on and do tricks with and stuff like that just to get all oily and gross and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I li- I like that technique, just like putting coating stuff with oil so that anything can be a hormone based weapon. But also, you never see him do that. He's just like, "Damn, I'm gonna coat this with oil." Yeah, yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't like plant. Like you don't see him just like bringing this with him and deciding to do this. He just has it in his jacket. It's just like, ah, my plan. It's like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> Actually, I have to. I'm sorry because the wiki lists like everyone's favorite food and stuff from. The, yeah, the we gotta know. We gotta Thank know. I gotta God. know. I gotta know. Speedwagon. Does he have any? <laughs> oh no, he doesn't have one. Oh, they never did one for part for part two because part one didn't have these. Oh no, I need to know Speedwagon's favorite everything. Bullshit. Ugh, fish and chips, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe caviar in part two because he's a fancy man. Yeah. There isn't one for cars in the wiki either. My God. I could have swore that there was one in the manga, though. Cars doesn't eat. He consumes. It's true. Mm, It's true. (laughs) Uh, Okay, there's not one for Wamu on the wiki either, and I definitely know that exists, so I guess... Yeah, I think they just didn't go into the... I guess it's my duty to fill in every Joker character's (laughs) favorite food into the wiki now. So that if anyone else does a podcast and needs to look that up, it'll be there. Mm -hmm, I'm like... mm -hmm. This is how we fix the world. We we leave the world a little better than you found it, you know? <laughs> this is praxis. Yeah. I'm all for fixing wikis, trust me. <laughs> I, I am known. <laughs> hey, at least there's no circumcision conspiracies in, in this fandom. Yeah. I mean, you you would know. Uh, we <laughs> Just looking at the way some of these yeah. outfits are drawn, you would tell. Yeah. <laughs> Something going on here. I, I love that the pillar men just barely wear almost any clothes at all. They're practically, they're functionally naked. <laughs> I love the idea that, th- you know, once they they wake up and they have to like do reconnaissance and, and stuff, you know, figure out where the stone might be in the world, all this shit. They must be at night walking around or at least sneaking around <laughs> normal streets and you're just walking around in Italy or something and you just <laughs> see this fucking six, six beefcake dude with almost no clothes on just walking around in sandals and they're going probably- like, what the fuck? There are probably some cryptid sightings around this time <laughs> in Italy. Some weird report just lands on Mussolini's desk, and he's like, what the fuck do you expect me to do about this? <laughs> this is the 13th report just this week of a big beefy man just voguing at night in the streets. <laughs> what is he up to? I think it's kind of weird that, like, there's Nazis in this story, but it's a story about, like, the ultimate being, and I feel like those two things don't really, like come together thematic like they they feel like they do come together thematically because it's like right there the nazis think they're the most you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. incredible you know representations of humanity stroheim calls him the ubermensch after yeah. the the super asia mask yeah. yeah yeah so like that's there but it feels like that doesn't like go anywhere by means of, i don't know I felt like there was going to be a, I, th- I felt like there was going to be a moral or something yeah, <laughs> to come yeah. out of this, I, you know? <laughs> Highlighting that is less as an exercise for the reader. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about my least favorite uh, thing that Jojo does. Uh, he he uh, fucks with a cat. <laughs> oh yeah, he's mean to that cat. Don't, yeah, that's real fucked mean. up. Don't be mean don't to the mean. cat. That's don't probably the that worst, the worst thing that Jojo has done is been mean to that cat and also uh, spied on his mom <laughs> being hot. I also want to want to bring up because part two is absent of this actually, and a lot of this stuff doesn't come up until part three, where a lot of it is at, and there's some in part four as well, I believe. The singular dog in part two survives. Yes, 
<laughs> yes, against all odds. And because cars helped, of all people. Yes. I think that dog is going to die three days later of starvation, but it survived this day. <laughs> that the, the saddest... Man, the like the the that dog is pretty funny looking in the anime because it's, it's like so you just, like like Grant described it. It was the saddest oldest puppy in the world. It's uh, so but fucked up looking. in in the manga, it's even more like pathetic it's even looking. More it, sad. It, it is just a wretch of a puppy. <laughs> oh, I found Lisa Lisa's page for her likes and stuff like that. Okay. Um, her hobbies are fashion and taking baths. Clearly. Her favorite food is carrots, according to her assistant, Susie Q. Her habits is pushing her hair back. Her religion is Catholic. <laughs> She's Catholic. <laughs> All, right, All right. Okay. So we, so we have a Catholic hormone practitioner. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. That's okay, apparently. When she fled England, she went to Venice to be closer to the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, marital slash relationship status unknown doesn't ever want to talk about it with anyone mm. yeah yeah come on he, he planned her story out from the beginning come on okay i'm sorry in the world of jojo does the vatican know about all these vampires <laughs> i mean uh. they're, they're not unknown the nazis do yeah one would think that the major powers have some understanding, although the Royal Air Force completely uh, uh, in the dark about <laughs> zombies. So I guess it could go either way. Has JoJo stuff ever tackled like the Ark of the Covenant or anything no. like that? That seems like something they would dip into. Yeah, I agree. But no, I don't think they, they have. Uh, I found Wamu's page. These are okay. all in the fourth one for some reason. <laughs> birthplace the americas parentheses assumed (laughs) i mean they certainly weren't called that then that that we do know (laughs) family a mystery ascension being that evolved separately from mankind unknown where his kind emerged from and where his allies went favorite color cobalt blue (laughs) okay favorite food humans after being turned into vampires you were right yes yes and also, sleeps for 2,000 years is a category. The fact that his favorite food isn't just vampires, but humans after they have been turned into vampires. That implies something. That makes it sound like vampirism is a seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> it also makes it sound like there are other kinds of vampires. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's horse vampires. You can vampires. have a dog vamp. Well, you can, yeah, you can have vampires. Okay. Okay. Are there any dog vampires? I feel my, like- my theory is that the, the pillar men before they got masked into the pillar men we know, were a kind of natural vampire. Yeah. Yeah. So that the stone mask can turn people into a something very close to that we call vampires. Yeah, because that flashback was basically saying that it's like a separate species from humans mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. like naturally occurred or something like that. So if you put the stone mask on a, a Dio or a Straitzo or a wired back, I guess... <laughs> <laughs> Would they then become a pillar man? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Well, I don't know about Dio because he became vampirized with the mask. So I don't think you can double dip on the mask. But Cars double dipped on the mask. Yeah, Cars double dipped. Did he? I thought he was already. No, I thought he was already a fucked up weird guy. The race of like weird kind of vampire people weren't super powered like the Pillar Men. They were basically just like natural vampires. Like the the that flashback oh. explains. Like well, he, he double was making... dipped when after charging the red stone, which is a different. 
double yeah. dippage. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you need to charge so, yeah. it to double dip, or do you need to charge it to break a pillar man as we know them's skull? Hmm. hmm. Yeah, I think no, it's I think, only I think for... you gotta charge it. Okay, so if for Dio to become a god, he would have to triple dip with the mask. Okay, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, put it he... past him. He'll find a way. He's Dio. Yeah, but... <laughs> Yeah, if he had just tried to put the mask on a second time, he may have become a pillar man. <laughs> I've never thought about this. Whoa. Hmm. What would that do for him, though? <laughs> like, He'd have more to brag about. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Just, hmm. Even more unkillable than vampires? He, he might get his own elemental powers. The, we've seen the, the powers of uh, wind and fire mm -hmm. and light. <laughs> I mean, he mm. kind of already had an elemental power with being able to freeze stuff. That's true. That's true. Kinda, yeah. yeah. And huh. he had eye lasers, too. So his space ripper stingy eyes. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. They're not lasers. They're space ripper stingy eyes. Get it right. <laughs> One of my favorite anime attack names ever, because it sounds like Straitso made it up on the fucking spot. <laughs> <laughs> Because he didn't know what lasers were at that time. Yeah. Nobody so did. Like, it was 1938. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, stare into my space <laughs> ripper stingy eyes. Take this. <laughs> oh, an anachronism I wanted to bring up, actually, speaking of lasers not being invented. Um, <laughs> when, uh, I don't think this is in the anime, but when uh, Cars is fighting Jojo, mm -hmm. and he's got the rope, and he's like, kind of, he's kind of, he he jumps all around to kind of like tang secretly tangle the rope up, and Cars at some point says something like, "Swinging around like Tarzan is just going to make you look a fool. This doesn't matter, or something like that." And I was like, "Wait, how does he know about Tarzan? When was that book published? While he was sleeping? Well, yeah, definitely while he was sleeping. 1912. Okay, so Jojo would know about Tarzan, but he didn't mention it. No, he didn't mention no. it to Cars, so." <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a book club meeting before we start <laughs> this fight. Like, th there is a lot of Wamu, honestly, that uh, Cars seems to absorb after Wamu dies. <laughs> I mean, air jets and knowledge of human society while they were asleep. I don't know why that's a trait of Wamu's, but it is. <laughs> oh my god, is it? Jesus Christ. When they first wake up, Wamu gives like a rundown to oh Cars God. and ACDC about like the what he knows about the world, and he's just like, "Well, I think last time I knew the the red stone was with the Roman emperor or something, but who knows where it is now?" And it's like, "When did you learn that?" Yeah, like <laughs> it, it starts with the plausible assumption that there isn't a Roman emperor anymore. I mean, which is an understatement, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> But there are more things that go on that makes it seem like Wamu was really aware for a sleeping guy. Oh my god. Like I can only think that did he like did he, Wamu alone wake up every once in a while just to scope shit out and then go back to sleep or did he go to sleep later than the other two or something like that? I don't know. Well, it said he sleeps for 2000 years. The other yeah, ones did they so... sleep for 2000? <laughs> yeah. So like there barely were Roman emperors like the <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they were still on the first couple. Yeah, <laughs> they knew where it was headed. Yeah, yeah, they could tell. <laughs> we'll sleep through the rest. I know how it's gonna be. <laughs> it's like, how the fuck do you know about Tarzan, dude? Yeah, I mean, also to be fair, Cars also somehow knows about electric guitars. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he, he not part. only knows things from the past he should know, but also the future. Yes. Damn. Mm -hmm. Okay, I guess he can know about Tarzan then. <laughs> Fuck it. 
Sorry, I just got really distracted by uh, the wiki article listing out the entire Tarzan book series. A lot of these have like multiple paragraphs summing up what the book is about. And then there's one that's just Tarzan, his front monk, his monkey friend Nakima and Chief Muviro and his faithful Waziri bro- warriors prevent Russian communists from looting the lost city of Opar. Oh. <laughs> I did not know he ever went up against communists, but okay. Wow. <laughs> Oh, okay. I guess I got to fact check myself. Uh, electric guitars started showing up in the mid 30s. They were okay. present and new. I don't know if air guitar as a practice was too particular, <laughs> well, there particularly cars, widespread. Cars literally invented the air guitar. Yeah. Well, maybe he was doing an air lute or something. <laughs> we're just assuming modernity here. Yeah. That, that'll teach us. That'll show me. <laughs> never, never do that. <laughs> but yeah just just for uh, when we go into further jojo parts like i said before uh it's always really fun to remember that cars still exists mm-hmm. floating <laughs> around in fucking space for every net future part i've always thought like damn all this crazy shit is kind of a uh everything that happens in jojo is kind of a byproduct of the crazy shit dio does but i guess it's really a crazy a byproduct of cars making the mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the inception of all JoJo, really. Yeah, I guess this part would have basically happened regardless of Dio's influence. Yeah, they, they would have woken up. And yeah. honestly, without Dio putting uh, the, the Joestar line on its mm-hmm. its faded trajectory, yeah. the Pillarmen might have destroyed all of humanity. We, we wouldn't be here today <laughs> to make this podcast of this historical account. Did Dio save the world? Oh, my God. He might Accidentally. have. Accidentally. Accidentally, yeah. But you know what? Dio would be totally fine with that because he, he Dio strikes me as the guy who would kill other bad guys because he wants to take over the world. Yeah. 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 So oh, he yeah. will absolutely save the world if it's not him ruining it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you can't rule humanity if there's no humanity left. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to ask, uh, Grant, yes. do you have any predictions for any future band names that might show up? Because <laughs> we get Cars, ACDC, Wham. I do love how eclectic uh, uh, so, some of these are. And of the moment. Like we mentioned it uh, a while ago when yeah. Lisa Lisa showed up. <laughs> like that is, I mean, great music, but did not have the legs that say no, ACDC no. did historically. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll go, although I guess legs is more ZZ Top, but never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, when's, when's ZZ Top going to get in, in JoJo? <laughs> but there, there is, even with the, the exceptions, there is a central trend toward American and British men with guitars. So <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be some, some Guns N' Roses, Poison, Rat. Uh, mm. we're, we're getting into the hair metal days in publication. Mm. And by the way, you've already, I'm not going to say which one, you've already guessed at least one of these. <laughs> one of these is at least right. White Snake. Yep. White Snake would be a great name for something in JoJo. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see something go go further further before publication, like uh, uh, lesser known British invasion stuff, like uh, uh, Herman's Hermits showing up as a JoJo character <laughs> or something. <laughs> A bunch of people living in the mountains represented by a guy named Herman. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> are, are there any bands that you like that you want to see show up? A few parts down the line, if like a, a Bratmobile, if someone drove a Bratmobile, that, that would be great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Oh my god, I just re- I'm looking at like the references page on the wiki and I just realized that a character in the upcoming one is named after Paula Abdul and I did not realize it until now. <laughs> yes, yes, I forgot I about that. I did not realize it till now. <laughs> is MC yep. Scat Cat going to be in part three? <laughs> mm. I wish. This is uh, something I really like about JoJo. You know, I like at a certain point things just start getting named after individual songs and albums, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. not just the bands themselves. And albums, yeah, lots of albums. Yeah, there's a good amount of album names. But I mean, yeah, Wired Beck is Jeff Beck's Wired. Oh yes. Oh shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's not Beck the 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 mononymic uh, musical artist. It's Jeff Beck Uh the the instrumental rock guitarist right. wow okay god damn wow you just schooled me i did not, <laughs> not know that <laughs> i love that they took those references further for the anime by just straight up getting licensed music for the endings mm-hmm. of, of the credits of every every part like that is still going on with you know up to the most recent anime they do that and uh later parts uh start cycling through multiple different credits sequences throughout the anime so uh, oh that'll get... be fun especially yeah. when uh presumably not every song is eight minutes long so you get to have like four different yes. endings from the one song you license <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but there's some parts where it's like you know they pull out a pretty a very popular well-known song but every once in a while they pull out something that's like from a band that you know that isn't super popular and then <laughs> it pulls out like one of their more obscure songs you're just like what the fuck they went with like they went with this like like, uh, Loggins and Messina, honestly, are a great example of that. Mm. Like, everybody mm. knows Loggins and Messina songs even today, but who knows the name? Like, yeah. okay, yeah. Kenny Loggins, but what's Messina's first name? <laughs> oh, it's Joe, by know. the way. It's Joe Messina. <laughs> okay. Uh, my favorite band shows up in the next part. Yes. Yes. It's so, not my favorite characters, though. <laughs> they're interesting. They're interesting, but they're definitely not my favorites. But I was like, shit, yeah, that's my favorite stupid 80s band. <laughs> <laughs> I think is it, that's everything I had in my notes to, to bring up to the round table today. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like uh, uh, it's the same for, for the both of you. So Voidberger, thank you again for, for coming on. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me. This time I'm not going to forget to ask, uh, is, is there anything you, you would like to share with the, the people at home? Anything you'd like to direct them to? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's very good. Um, (laughs) But I stream stuff. I'm on Twitter. I have more than one YouTube channel uh, for gaming. And I have a new one for video essays I'm trying to make. It's real fun. All of those are Void Burger. You can't miss them. (laughs) They're all spelt the same. Uh, Nothing weird going on there. I'm also uh, half of The Great Debate. That's spelled stupid, though. That's spelled G-R-A-T-E. Debate. Uh, It's about cheese. It's about cheese. Mm. Uh, It's about Silent Hill. The pun was like, oh, there's lots of, like, rusty grates and stuff. And and we're talking about, like, theories and rumors, mostly about the Silent Hill series. So it's a good time. Check those things out, too, if you feel like it. We recently did a podcast about... um, the medium and how there's some rumors that uh the team that made the medium might be doing the next silent hill game we don't know we hope not but that's a whole different rant unto itself so that's all the stuff i do <laughs> well thank you again for for coming on uh i i Thanks knew for having me. i knew we had to to have you as our part two guest as soon as the, the gift of uh of bugs bunny was uh brought to us <laughs> 
he only gets finer with age until <laughs> until he doesn't. By the way, we we, we had to have the the font uh, uh, that that brought us that rhetorical twist on the show. Thank you, Adam. thank you. But yeah, you're gonna love Joseph in the next part as well. <laughs> he's a lovable guy when he's not he's... perving on his mom or kicking cats. Or being racist, you know? So all those yeah. aside, the perfect man. Uh, Joseph Joestar, everyone's charismatic but kind of racist grandpa. Yeah. He, he's like one of those rare uh, plate appearances where somebody gets three strikes, but they're still allowed to keep swinging. Oh, you little <laughs> rascal. I can't stay mad at you. That is a Joseph move to just, like, distract the umpire and make him forget what he counted to. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, so uh, with that, we will be back next time with the beginning of Stardust Crusaders, three episodes of anime to talk about in, again, a brand new time, a brand new place, but the same old podcast. So once again, to be continued. 